Hello, everyone, and welcome to Game Studies Review. I'm Cody Reimer with my host, Alex Lane. How are you doing, Alex? I am fantastic. I was just doing some some wonderful meal prep for my, my family. <laughs> well, that's cool. I never meal prep. I just eat what people put in front of me. Well, I mean, you, you have an amazing wife uh, who is, Thank you. Who's, uh, lets you do that. Yes, indeed. Uh, this uh, little uh, little joke. That was basically our conversation for the last 10 minutes leading up to this podcast. <laughs> I'm Alex. You're Cody. I'm Cody. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome uh, back. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, trying to make up for lost time here and get some episodes in the tank, in the tank, in the bank, in the whatever. Oh, wait, are we, are we posting this right away or are we waiting a week? So yeah, that it's every other. Well, I want the listeners to know we're doing this one week after our previous recording that's that's right tomorrow is halloween all hollows eve uh-huh. mm-hmm. spooky spooky you know what you know what scares some people what colonialism colonialism bomb 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 that is How's that for a segue, segue. <laughs> totally <laughs> made sense uh to our article this week decolonizing play this is another article in the critical studies oh by the way i have like a cut on the tip of my tongue oof, so oof. if i sound odd that is why i apologize um but it's gonna happen and i have a bracer like on the back of my teeth so it just hits it constantly critical studies that's a tough word in media communication uh this is by aaron trammell and uh we have a ton to say let's get to it uh yeah so trammell is arguing quote that the work of decolonizing games requires that we also decolonize play end quote, his emphasis. He frames this work as building on post-colonial game studies, which he links to uh, Mukherjee and Murray and explains, quote, post-colonial game studies seeks to critique how the constant repetition of white European and American values and tropes are linked to the seductive and pleasurable aspects of global capitalism, end quote. So Mm -hmm. he is trying to forward this idea of decolonizing play as an answer to efforts to decolonize uh, games or or rather think about games through post-colonial theory. Uh, And so naturally, as Alex sort of anticipated in uh, the episode prior, uh, Dr. Trammell is you know, referring to Meghna Giant's work uh, quite heavily, actually. And he, uh, you know, links to her insights uh, and wants to show what similar work looks like in play, not in just games as she's talking about them. So Trammell sees decolonizing play as a means to reshape play's influence in how we, quote, construct and navigate our social relationships, end quote. Mm -hmm. So I think he's doing a lot of important work here. Um, He's got uh, several contributions that I think are noteworthy. It's a plain call for more and more focused work on post-colonial play and uh, decolonizing play. It's a rather concise critique of some of the most influential scholars in game studies. Uh, Heisinga, Kaloy. I'm ne- I never get it right, or I never feel like I get it right. Uh, I think it's isn't it Roger? Roger Kaloy, mm-hmm. uh, Piaget, and even old uh, Cliffy Gertz, uh, Gertz, Gertz of of thick description uh, uh, sociology, uh, grounded theory. So he also um, offers two examples of post-colonial play: a guess who reskin with Kanye West called Ye or Nah. 
and also a critique of Pokemon Go's assumptions about freedom in public space uh, from a, a Black author. And so these contributions help kind of say, hey, we need to be doing this work. This work is important. Here are some examples that uh, can kind of lay the, uh, get, get people's uh, thoughts a whirling or help ignite the fire under their rear ends. And um, here's why we need to uh, raise an eyebrow at some of the, the old uh, white colonial countrymen of yesteryear in game studies uh that's not to say that that there aren't also some you know moments that uh maybe could have been sharpened or or that that we have thoughts about is how mm -hmm. i'll i'll say that so alex you've got some some thoughts uh why don't you why don't you tell us what you think nope no gaps perfect move along no, All I'm right. just kidding. Uh, so <laughs> I, I had a. This is a. This is funny. I'm going to uh, explain my process here a little. So I um, wrote down all my gaps because I wanted them fresh. Um, I. I hate the idea that like what I think is a gap and is not would be like tainted by what reading other sources, right? So I I wrote down all this stuff on the gaps. And then I usually do a little deep dive on the author, deep dive on some of the stuff they've written, et cetera, et cetera. And just to like be fair, because if I'm like an idiot and missing the biggest author on X, and then I'm like, well, they're not talking about X. And you're like, well, duh, that is the person who like invented that. I think that goes without saying. <laughs> sure. So, so I deep dove on Trammell and we've, I don't know if we've read him before, but we've definitely come across him. We, we, we I, I feel like one of the earlier episodes we did was, was perhaps him, but I know he's also either like the editor in chief or a co-editor for game analog studies, yeah. game studies. Yep, and we've yep. certainly done pieces from there. So yep. we've, we've brushed up against his work if, if we have not yet looked at it. Um, so he wrote an article 2021 called torture play in the black experience 2020. And, um, I was just going to like glance at it and I ended up reading the whole thing and it's completely badass and amazing. And I just like, couldn't stop scrolling. And yeah. I now find my gaps sheepish. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so I'm going to bring them up because I had them in the moment. Um, so, but you did your due diligence, and so I, I that softens <laughs> some of your initial impressions. I think that's fair, right? Like, I would hope that people yeah. read. You know, well, I hope people read what I write when I get chances to write it. True, but I hope if and when they do, that you know, they certainly have you know kind of thoughts, and that mm -hmm. they might even be critical thoughts. But uh, I think the the best readers are the ones that also sit with the piece, and you know. Um, deep dive as you say and i think this is definitely one to sit with there are moments that i found myself like is this a gap or is this my i'm so steeped in colonialist thinking that i don't know how to think outside for example yeah. you brought up the ye or nah uh the kind of whiskey and and i'm sitting there thinking like is it fun it like is is fun colon colonialist like we talk about different the types purpose of play. play fun. Well, that that's what I'm wondering, like, because a game where you sit down and it is about making you uncomfortable about race sounds awful to me. I'm like, that doesn't sound fun. I don't want to engage with that. That would not be play. That would be like reading a book or something. And then I'm like, that might be the most white colonialist mindset ever, like forcing 
things that I find enjoyable, i.e. fun, onto games as opposed to things other people might find enjoyable, which is, he says, uh, provoking, provoking conversation. So that might be the point of games for someone from not a white colonialist perspective. So I was like, I, I would also point out that there's, you know, the whole serious games, you know, sure. movement and games for change. And a lot of those do not take aim at fun, right. but rather, you know, procedurally arguing for specific causes, purposes, you know, messages, etc. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think it's a great question because it's something I, to sit with. I, I certainly would, you know, have been thinking about ever since I read the article, thinking about like, you know, as, as a, you know, with, from my positionality, mm-hmm. <laughs> how, how can I try to understand what he is saying divorced from, you know, my immediate impressions, right? Yeah. Like how can I gain perspective outside of my positionality to, to, try to see what he's doing from a different perspective. And that's, yeah. you know, and not always from easy a different perspective. And well, right. And, yeah. and there's no doubt that the argument that our, our legacy in game studies has been completely dominated by one type of first of person and theorist and, and etc. And there's no, and language. And there's no doubt that that has trickled down into everything we do. And this is part of the movement to get us to start unthinking some of the assumptions critical necessary but i'm definitely sitting with that um i there's a a chunk of the article that is asking us to focus on paideia instead of ludus paideia is like this free play as opposed to ludus which was well like i can't i can't remember the exact definition he's not structured play but like uh so paideia is free or open play ludus is gamic rule governed play so like paideia is like you know um playing house sure. right um and ludus is like playing tag right the, there are rules to tag it's not necessarily as free form okay so and and i think that's great this reminds me of um work i did in grad school like moving away from agon to oikos like looking at um like just different different like greek frames that are more like hearth based or female based as opposed to mm-hmm. like competition based and things like that so yeah. that was very similar but i don't know if like moving to a different latin word like does that move us further away from a white colonial's perspective well I, so that was one of my kind of herm moments um <sighs> not that starting... i don't love the move it's just well, that if the impetus is to move seems... away from that, so and 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 I need to go back and reread this. So it because my my first read was that he's got this critique where he's saying, you know, game studies uh and and even kind of a lot of the post-colonial stuff is focused on post-colonial games. Yes. And this focus on ludus. And he makes even a point about like, you know, English language being colonial and a distinction. English, with, French, German, Spanish, and Portuguese. Uh, right. And he wanted to draw more attention to play um, and specifically Paida as as opposed to Ludus, right? If Ludus is the game, gamic and Paida is free form, that's what he wanted to do. But I, I was left wondering, like, that distinction between the two, you even make a point of saying is a colonial distinction or is one that's wrapped up in colonial language. Right. 
So can we not just like collapse them both? Isn't there, isn't, can't we, you know, think about what post-colonial games play or, you know, whatever is that is not treating the two as separately? I don't know. Maybe that's not even necessarily the point, um, but it doesn't, I don't know. It, it, I'm still sitting with that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I wrote down that same notion about this, like, that anything that comes from those languages is itself colonialist. And I I like appreciate that he doesn't bring this point home, but also I'm sitting here like wondering what the next step is. Cause he sort of makes, and he does this a couple times throughout where he makes a point like that. And he's not saying it's bad. It's good that we shouldn't do it, that it should be dismissed. I think it's just like, it is what it is. I mean, and, and maybe we yeah. can start recognizing it. <laughs> so that's where i'm at with it with that part and and maybe i'm misunderstanding him if he's saying that play and games are colonial separations maybe he's not saying that but it seemed in in that first read uh that he was saying that playing games are these you know colonial separations why emphasize that by stressing the need for post-colonial play Right. Um, that well, further reifies a distinction between the two that is wrapped up in. Cl- does it like though? and maybe I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know if it does, though. I think that's like, that's part of my like positionality is like, yeah, I, I need to still sit with it. And it's making me think, which means I love it. Right. It's a the, the well, worse scholarship I read. I just go, huh. And, then, and, and then I think, think it like again. exposes the post the colonialist mindset that you need to like define and universalize well, yes. everything. Well, and I think yeah. like our urge to be like, well, you know, it, it is this or it is that might be part of that. Whereas like stepping back and saying there are mar- you know, forms of play that are marginalized and not looked at and erased. And we can start looking at that. And that might involve some definition of play or redefinition of play or relooking at play or whatever, but we're not going to just try be like searching for a universal definition of play, which I absolutely this I'm teaching this this week in my class um, theories of fun and play. So like, obviously, sure. this is a perfect article. We start with Huizinga yeah. and then we do an anti Huizinga against Huizinga and then we go to this um, just like complicating play and I, so. I thought it was really interesting. I'll just mention two super quick things or just one super quick thing. I think there's only one thing I have left. It's just that there's a ton of examples of game devs, particularly in serious games, doing work in like these marginalized cultures, ignored cultures, cultures that are extremely poor um, and game developers are going there and making games like with this popular, with these populations. And I'm, I'm just curious about how Trammell would see that work. Is that like col- colonizing like through games or is that like bringing- I mean, we just read last week, right? Uh, That's exactly- Sort of example of that, right? And That's... I I think it's all in the practice and the praxis, yeah. nothing about us without us. And, yeah. you know, what is the effort here? Is it the sort of white savior? Let me come in and bring games to improve your lives or is it, I, and if it's, know, if this game logic is so steeped in colonialism, like can anybody really bring games as they currently are at computer games, especially as he mentions, can anyone be like, here, let's solve your water crisis through this super <laughs> colonialist and exploitative practice. Anyway, I, I don't have like a, I I'm curious about what he has to say about that. So let's move on. The text. Uh, 
Well, so his his most prominent advice for for players, theorists, and designers is to quote read, learn, and understand and quote the legacy of colonialism. That's important, yes, but it feels like it falls a bit short of applying that to mm -hmm. to game studies and and play. I'm like all for interdisciplinarity, but it feels like this is sort of amounts to saying in practice, read a book and not. I don't, you know, like trying to make the important connections for how we can continue to work and and do scholarship in on through post-colonial play. Now, this is this is a critique that is, I think, or I'm I'm kind of hoping is comes across as an underhanded critique in the sense that you and I have also talked about of the I want more. Like, yeah, of course. Keep keep going, which is the like. This is great, but I want more, which is sort of like you the have best to thing, read the best critique. Black experience. You and I, I, I will. I, I plan to. It sounds great. So like, and I understand this is a short piece, just like all of these in the special collection uh, are. So there's not a ton of room for what I'm looking for. But I felt a little bit like, you know, um, primed, amped for what was to come. And then. Uh, a little let down at the end that it, that it was not the follow through or, or kind of carry through that I was hoping for. Mm -hmm. But uh, again, there's there are things uh, that I loved. I, I thought it was a very savvy inclusion of Margaret Carlyle Duncan's critique of Heisinga. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought that in critiquing Kaloy, uh, Trammell identifies Kaloy's assertion that mimicry and vertigo undermine and destroy chance and competition and thus the game itself and suggests very rightly quote an anti-colonial approach to this problem might ask why it is that competition and chance are lauded in this instance while mimicry and vertigo are decried end quote he has a brilliant takedown of Kaloy that um you know i i made the hairs on the back mm -hmm. of my neck stand up mm -hmm. uh he also has a great line quote the landscape of colonialism has shifted and it inculcates now through pleasure as opposed to pain end quote and that made me just sit up lean forward and go holy <laughs> wow it is it is like straight out of giants right like in in that vein of talking about uh capital the games are like you know capitalism mm -hmm. in action right um mm -hmm. and so like colonialism now is no longer about inflicting pain but about the allure of pleasure wow and through games what does that mean like oh man this it feels like this is important work and those points compel me um and so yeah i i, I want to reread it again um uh, because i've been thinking about it nonstop. well i have a feeling it's not going to go anywhere uh, it'll be here for a long time. I, I liked a lot of the same stuff you talked about and the stuff you talked about in um, your contributions. Definitely the takedown of the early theorists is super useful, especially if you're teaching stuff about games. It's like all compact into one article. It's it's really great. Articulates things that like I've been uncomfortable with for many years, haven't been able to put my finger on. Um, and I, it definitely leaves me thinking about broader questions I have about this kind of work, particularly like connecting a theorist back to or theory back to the theorist. And we've been having this discussion since grad school, I think, like, is is the theory separate from the theorist who made is the made author it? dead, Alex Lane? I know. Have we I, had a death of the author yet? I am just very curious. And then I has I, I kept thinking about Ibram X. Kendi's work and and about how you know stopping at call like, stop calling each other 
racist all the time or that's racist what you said is racist that in itself is a type of racism that keeps you like trapped in this loop of like insulting each other as opposed to looking at systems as being oppressive and systems being racist and i think i i i think that's what trammel's up to because this is really a takedown of the way we think about the entire system of games and think how is getting us to question many foundational principles of game studies and i wonder if that approach is kind of what he's up to here like let's let's take the system down and point to these other voices and other cultures and other people who've been playing and gaming and doing all these things differently and redefine ourselves so that's the thought i'm thinking as i end yes absolutely i think that's a a great such a boom article yeah Uh, i would definitely recommend to read this one it's a handful of pages and uh really is concise in the post-colonial movement that's going on in games what do you think is that accurate yeah i think that's fair like i said i i wanted to you know see more i want to you know see more work but he's written other things and i'll certainly read them and i hope he continues and other people pick up the call as as a you know uh the major contribution of this is is that kind of call for the you know uh, this kind of work, I hope to read more of it. What's a magic circle look like if it doesn't rely on the primitive and all of these other? It doesn't exist. Terrible things that these things it never are. did. Mm. Do we exist? Always has been. <laughs> Always already. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, pick us up in however long from now we post our next episode. We'll where we'll do another article in. Um, the special issue, Critical Studies in Media Communication. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me.